Trinity Baptist Church. We are in this series called Words to Live By, where we are looking at the wisdom of the Proverbs around certain words or certain themes. And I don't know if you caught it, but, but the phrase of the title, Words to Live By, is both an exhortation, meaning that we, we are exhorted to live by these principles or live by these teachings, but it's also a declaration that if we will apply this wisdom, we will really live. We will experience the fullness of life that God has called us to. And so that's what we're walking through. This is week four. Week one, we looked at the word guard, specifically guarding our hearts, because in Proverbs 4.23, it says that we, above all else, we need to guard our hearts for it is the wellspring of life, meaning that everything that we do out here comes from what's inside. And so we need to guard what goes in. Uh, The second week we looked at the word fear because fear, what we fear establishes the boundaries of our freedom. And what we fear has some mastery over us. It controls us. And what we learned was that anything that we fear other than the Lord is a, is a master that does not have our best interest in mind. But when we fear the Lord, we come to understand that He is a God of perfect love. And as we read in 1 John 4, perfect love casts out all fear. And so that when we fear God, we don't have to fear anything else. Because God erases all those other boundaries and draws one boundary called love. And so it just expands our life. Last week we looked at the word friendship. And we discovered some principles about what genuine friendship looks like. This morning we are going to look at the word teachability. I love this and I hate this. Okay? We've all heard the phrase, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care, right? We've all heard that. I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. What I want us to consider this morning is whether or not that statement is a true statement. Whether or not that, that phrase should be the rule in our life. Because teachability doesn't necessarily have, or or learning things does not necessarily have to come from people who care about us, right? I mean, I think we have a tendency sometimes to to draw a circle around the people that we're going to listen to, where we say, okay, I know this person likes me, I know this person cares about me, therefore I will listen to them, but this person... I, I don't think they really have my best interest in mind, and so I'm, I'm just going to dismiss or disregard or, or not take seriously what they have to say. This spring, we did 360 evaluations for our, for our staff. And in my evaluation, and all the, all the evaluations were anonymous. And so in my evaluation, there were some pretty hard things said to me. And my initial inclination was to say, well, I don't know who that is. 
I don't know if they really care about me. Therefore, I can put that comment on hold. I don't really need to listen to that because, you know, who, who knows what the context of that is. But is that a right posture to take? Is, is that going to help me grow? I got this, this letter in my, this note in my box about two years ago. And it's addressed to me, but it's not signed. There's no, you know, name of who it came from. And it's a paragraph long, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I'll just, because it would be too painful. <laughs> but here's, here's one line of it, one sentence. You are a wonderful teacher and godly man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But your people skills leave much to be desired. I'm not making this up. But your people skills leave much to be desired, and you swing from going to great lengths to placate conflict when you don't have a strong stake in the outcome to becoming overbearing if you do. Now, what do I do with that? Do I just toss it because, well, it's not signed, there's, I don't know who it's coming from, I don't know the con, you know, do I just disregard it, or do I hold on to it for two years? And do I keep thinking about it and, and, and mulling it over and saying, okay, am I just placating conflict here? Am I being overbearing here? Do I let this be, be fodder? for me to learn and to grow. This morning, we want to look at this thing called teachability, and we want to wrestle with this, this idea, this philosophy that says, I don't care how much you know unless I know how much you care. Is that true? Let's start in um, Proverbs chapter 12, if you want to turn there. So, as I'm preparing for this for this series, I'm just reading through the Proverbs, and I, I'm going through the whole book a few times in a couple of different translations, just trying to look for themes, and I'm writing notes in the margin, and I'm looking at stuff. And I get to Proverbs chapter 5, and you don't have to go there, because I bet you can. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 12 says, You will say, How I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty much true of me. Um, I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. Okay. And then I go to get to chapter 9, verse 8. It says, do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Now I read 10:17. He who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Okay? And then I get to chapter 12 verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. 
I thought, wait a minute, is this the Bible? <laughs> and, and so I go to, um, I'm thinking maybe the NIV just has, you know, a weird translation here. So I go to BibleGateway.com and I look at all of these different translations. And so you got New Century Version says, anyone who loves learning accepts correction, but a person who hates being corrected is stupid. <laughs> New English Version says, the one who loves discipline loves knowledge, but the one who hates reproof is stupid. Contemporary English Version, to accept correction is wise, to reject it is stupid. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't want to be stupid. So then you keep reading, and if you go to verse 15 of chapter 12, it says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Then you go across the page to 13, 18. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. And I thought, well... You know, there's an upside to that one. And then you get to chapter 15, verse 5. A fool spurns discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Verse 10. Stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path, and that path is wisdom. The one who hates correction will die. And then verse 32 of the same chapter says, Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Do you see a theme here? What jumped out at me as I'm reading through this is that I often tend to buy into the, the, the I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care philosophy. Uh, when people I don't like or people who I know don't like me or people who I know aren't really invested in me give me feedback or give me insights or, or drop nuggets of wisdom on me, I have a tendency to just want to be dismissive of that and to not take hold of that. But what the scriptures are describing for us is this posture of teachability, this, this posture that says, I don't care where it comes from, I don't care who it comes from, if it's correction, I'll take it. And if you, if you take all those verses that I just read through and, and build a composite, it looks a little bit like this. You've got the... the uh, the theme of correction. And it seems to me from what we read that you have two choices with regard to correction. You can either love it or you can hate it. And if you love it, it leads to things like honor and wisdom. 
and knowledge. And prudence. And life. If you love correction, if you love discipline, these are the things that it leads to. But if you hate correction, it leads to dishonor. It leads to poverty. To shame. To death. And in... In um, 1532, it says that ultimately you actually end up despising yourself. So the question that we have to wrestle with is, which side of this page do I really want to live on? I mean, if... If I'm not going to be one that's going to take correction, if I'm going to hate correction, this is, this is what wisdom is saying is my path. But if I will be one that, that says, I, I'm going to love correction. I'm going to lean into correction, which is not natural for any of us. It's not natural to want to go to people and say, hey, could you just tell me where I'm screwing up? so I can get better. That's not a natural posture for us. But that's what the Scriptures are calling us to. When when we are not teachable, oh, I left out a really key one here. If you hate correction, you're stupid. (laughs) Forgot that one. Um, I think that, generally speaking, we, we like correction or we seek correction when things aren't going well, right? If things are broken, you want to get them fixed. And so you seek out people who can help you fix it. But what if we sought correction before things got broken? You guys, many of you have seen me do the S-curve thing, right? The organizational S-curve, business S-curve, where what happens is a, a, a business or an organization starts with an idea and initially, there's a little downturn until it gets capitalized and until it gets some momentum. And then it starts rolling and, and it starts going up. And, and then what happens at about this point on the, on the S-curve is, is you get some institutional inertia taking place. And, and maybe you get some management issues or you've got some overhead issues. And so things level off. And then if you don't innovate, if you don't introduce something new... You're going to have a downturn, and potentially it goes to crisis. So you have to you have to figure out some way to fix it so you can turn things up. Now, what good businesses and organizations do is they seek to innovate here and here and here 
so that as the organization is going up, as the business is going up, they're already introducing new ideas so that they don't have a downturn, but so that you got this new idea come in and it just starts a new upward climb, okay? We're all familiar with this. This is true in our lives as well. That often we're, things are going, going along just fine. And because they're going along just fine, we don't seek out correction. We don't seek out input. We don't ask for people to come and speak into our lives. When we do it is when we get on the downturn. When things are not going so well. But wouldn't it be great if we could get ahead of this curve and, and have people speaking into our lives here and here and here so that we might be able to avoid this. We might be able to avoid the crisis. That's what being teachable is. Being teachable says, I want correction. I want input. I want feedback all along the way. Not just when I'm crashing. But I want people speaking into my life so that I can get better, so that I can grow. Coaches, good coaches, go into halftime of of their game. And even if they're ahead, even if they're killing their opponent, they don't go into halftime and say, okay, everybody, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Good coaches go in and they keep saying, you know, things are looking good, but we can tighten up our defense right here. We can, we can shift, we can make this adjustment here. They're constantly looking for ways to get better so that they keep, they keep the team going forward. Deanna and I were having a conversation just yesterday where a woman that she doesn't know very well, who's leading a, an organization um, in, in our city, came to Deanne and said, I, I want you to speak into my life. I, I think you have some things to offer me, and I would love to get together with you once a month just so that you can help me make sure that I'm staying on track. Friends, we all need to do that. We need to be seeking out people who can speak into our lives, who can give us correction along the way, because we don't want to be stupid. We want to, we want to, experience, we want to experience this side of the page, not the other side. Ken Blanchard one of the business and leadership gurus of our generation says that feedback is the breakfast of champions. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. But sometimes we're uncomfortable with that. Sometimes we, we don't really want people speaking into our lives, especially in the areas of our spiritual life, or in moral decisions that we're making, we get real defensive when people start speaking into those areas of our lives. Yes? 
Because if I'm making a moral decision, I don't want you to tell me that it's wrong. If I'm making a spiritual decision, I don't want you to tell me that it's wrong. I want to do what I want to do. But that's not the posture of teachability. Posture of teachability says, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Could you give me some feedback on this? I'm thinking about doing this in my marriage. I'm thinking about doing this in this relationship. I'm thinking about moving in with this guy. I'm thinking about whatever it is. What do you think? We invite people to give us feedback on that. That's being teachable. But we're not inclined that way. We, we tend to be defensive folks. I've, I've told you guys a number of times the, the relationship that the elders have with each other and how we speak into each other's lives and we love each other and we hold each other accountable. And, and we, we get into some pretty heated arguments. And I'm not just saying, I mean, they're arguments at times. But we love each other and we know that we have each other's back and we want the best for each other. But one thing that Fred Atkins calls me on quite frequently is my defensiveness. And he'll say, Keith, you're being defensive. And and I'll say, Fred, I'm not defensive. (laughs) Have you ever thought that you're being defensive? I'm not being defensive. In fact, I've grown in my defensiveness. Have you ever thought that you need to grow? But he'll, he'll call me on that. Why? Because I don't like people telling me where I'm wrong. I don't like people telling me where I've screwed up. I fall into that Proverbs 5, 8. I hate correction. And I think that's probably true for a lot of us. Too often, we live according to the idea, I don't want to listen until I know how much this person cares. But in reality, we can learn from anyone. Proverbs 9.8 says, rebuke the wise and they will love you. 19.25 says, rebuke the discerning and they will gain knowledge. 25.12 says, like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. You see, rebukes and corrections are things that we should look for and dare I say, even thirst for. No, I don't particularly like getting anonymous notes in my mailbox. But I need them. Because they help me to get better. So here's a good self-assessment on teachability. Can you hear wisdom from someone even if it's not what you want to hear? Can you hear wisdom from someone even when what they're telling you seems wrong to you? 
Can you take that in? How, and how defensive are you when people call you on stuff? See, the, the, the space of time between when they tell you what they tell you and when you realize that you're being defensive and not really listening, that's how teachable you are. See, the, the length of time between when you come to me and say, Keith, I've noticed this about you, to when I get to the place where I can say, wow, thank you so much. That's how teachable I am. What the scriptures are inviting us to is something that is really radical. The scriptures are saying that we need to be open to rebuke from anyone. We need to be open to correction from anyone. And we are to look for it. We are to look for discipline. We are to look for moments where we say, you know, I might actually be headed down the wrong path. So thank you for raising this issue for me because I don't want to go down. I don't want to go to crisis. I want to keep going up and to the right. I want my life to continue to grow. Anyone who, who hates correction is It's hard to say, isn't it? We don't want to be stupid. So we want to be open to whatever God brings into our lives with regard to correction from any source. Be it anonymous, be it somebody who cares, be it somebody who doesn't care. From anywhere. We need to be teachable. We need to be listening. Many of you are aware that we have some that we're working with some consultants right now to, to try to help Trinity get better. Uh, and these guys are, are looking at our systems, are looking at our programs, are looking at all, all kinds of different things, how we're, how we're doing what we're doing, because we're trying to get better. Now, these guys have never consulted with a church before. Um, they, they're both pretty young. And they're both Christians, and they're both involved in their, their, their churches, so it's, it's not foreign to them. But, but they're trying to help us assess what we're doing organizationally and other things. And so when they sit in my office and they challenge me or, or question me or prompt me, correct me in ways that I'm leading... My initial inclination is, well, wait a minute. You, you don't know how church works. And you don't know what it's like to be a pastor. And you, you're like 30, you know. <laughs> and I've been doing this for 22 years. So who are you to tell me, you know, that's what my initial posture is. But then the Lord says, don't be stupid. Listen and learn. Because I can learn from these guys. Because they think differently than I do. And they've got some insights for me that I need to hear. But if I just said, well, I don't care how much you know until I know how, you know. What's that going to get me? 
we need to learn from everybody. But usually our, our posture is rather than assessing the information, we critique the source. We ask the question, well, who's saying this? You know, because if I don't know who's saying it, I can't, you know, we played the who game. Friends, we can't be playing the who game. If we're going to be teachable, we need to be open to correction and discipline from anybody and everybody. What the scriptures are calling us to is a posture of teachability so that we can hear things from people we may not even like or they may not even like us, but if they're saying something, I need to listen to what that is. You know, I, I get critical emails uh, from time to time. And early in my ministry, when I would get them, I would just dismiss them offhand. I'd just say, well, I can't read this. You know, that's not, that's not encouraging, you know. And so, delete. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Now I have a folder in my email where I drag those things in. Because there's going to be a nugget of truth in every criticism. It may not all be true, but I can trust that the Holy Spirit will help me to, to ferret through what's not and what is. And I need to go back to those things. Teachability is not about what we know. But teachability is a posture of learning that says, I'm going to apply everything I can from what I hear. That's what teachability is. We, I mentioned earlier we're hosting the Leadership Summit in, in a few weeks. And again, let me just reiterate, if you haven't signed up, do it. You will win. It's a great opportunity to learn from some of the greatest minds in our generation. And so it's well worth the two days and, and you know, whatever dollars it costs. So sign up because it's worth it. But it, it's interesting because every year I come away from the summit just feeling bloody because all of, these, all of these guys are just saying, you know, your leadership ought to be like this, ought to be like this. And, and I'm going, man, that's not me, <laughs> you know. And I just feel like they slap me around all the time. But I'm going, I, I need to do that. I need to put that in, into action in my life. But you know what happens to most of the notes that I take and the books that I buy from those summits after I hear the talk, and, oh, that's awesome. I need to read more on that. You know what happens? They go on a shelf. And 
I don't really do what I need to do to incorporate it in my life. Friends, that's not teachability. That's sitting at a seminar and taking notes. That's not transformation. Which is what teachability is all about. Question. Have you ever had a mentor? Did you seek the mentor out or did the mentor seek you out? See, I think too often we sit back and wait for somebody to come to us. But that's not, that's not the posture of teachability. Teachability says, I'm going to call Deanne Boyd because I think she's got something to offer me. I think she can bring correction in my life. I think if I could get with her for one day a month, one hour a month, it would make my life better. Um, teachability says, I'm going to look for somebody who can, who can weigh in on my life. It, it's, it's where we say, you know what? I, we take the initiative and we look for somebody who can speak into this issue. I've got some decisions that I need to make and I need somebody, I need some wisdom. And so I'm going to look for somebody who can do this. Or I, you know, I'm going through this thing in my life or I have this area of concern in my life. I'm going to look for somebody who can speak into that for me. And I'm going to meet with that person. That's what it means to be teachable because we're trying to, we're trying to get input while the while the curve's still going up and not wait till it begins to crash. Where do you find correction in your life? Well, one, you can go to the Scriptures. And I would encourage you to, to read through the Proverbs because it will seriously mess with your life. I mean, you will find no fewer than 20 places where you will go, okay, I probably shouldn't do that again. You know, it'll just grab you. And if you didn't already know this, there's 31 Proverbs, and most months have 31 days, and so you can read a proverb a day, and it's, it's just kind of a good practice to get into. But if you go to the Scriptures, you can find correction there. Another place you can find correction is, is by seeking people out, seeking people out who, who you respect, who, um, and whether they know you, whether they like you, doesn't matter. Just somebody that you think has something to say with regard to this area because you, you've seen their life, you've seen their kids, you've seen their whatever. And you say, you know what? I think I can learn from that person. So you, you seek them out. As followers of Jesus... We should be the most teachable people on the planet. You know why? Because as followers of Jesus, we've already gotten over the biggest hurdle. As followers of Jesus, we know that we're broken. Amen? That's why we came to Jesus. 
Because we're broken. We know that we're sinners in need of a Savior. We know that we don't have it all figured out. We know that we can't save ourselves. We know we need help. And so we came to Jesus, and He saved us, and He's given us His Spirit. We've gotten over that hurdle of wanting to always be right because we know at the core of our being we're dead wrong. And that's why we came to Jesus. And so as followers of Jesus, we ought to be the most teachable people on the planet. Because we're not afraid that what you say is going to expose my weakness. Hey, I know I'm weak. 2 Corinthians 12, I know I'm weak. But I also know that God's grace is sufficient. And I also know that where I am weak, that's when I'm strong. Because God's power is made perfect through my weakness. See, as followers of Jesus, we ought to be the most teachable people on the planet where we don't say, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. But we say, I don't care if you don't care. If you've got correction for me, bring it. Because that's going to help me be better. Friends, let's be teachable. Let's listen to this word to live by and let's experience this life of love and, and wisdom and knowledge and, and beauty and, and life that can come if we'll just listen to correction. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you that you are gentle with us and that even though you correct us, as Beth said earlier, you call us to come to you so that you can take the load upon yourself and your yoke is, is easy and your yoke is light. I pray, Lord, that we would recognize that and that we would know that at the end of the day you want you want abundant life for us. You came to give us that life. And yet we choose to walk away from it when we choose to be proud, when we choose to, to think we've got it all wired. Lord, I pray that we would be teachable. Pray that we would be open to correction and discipline from whatever source you want to bring it. And Lord, as we come to the table in these moments, I'm just so grateful that, that you showed me my sin and you showed me my brokenness and you showed me the opportunity that I have that when I admit that to you, I can receive wholeness and forgiveness and life. And Lord, I know that that's true for a lot of us, most of us in this room. And so I pray, Lord, that as we come to the table this morning and we recognize the, the power in the cross, that we would be humbled and energized because we can know that where we are weak, that's where we are strong because your grace is sufficient. We pray this for your name's sake.